Do you regret the decisions you made when it comes to nursing homes and COVID? So I think it's important to correct the record. The My opponent continues to tell people that nursing homes were forced to take COVID patients. They were not. They never were. Did you happen to talk to other governors about the nursing home situation? And did you talk to Cuomo about it at any point? I never talked. I mean, I, I don't, didn't have a relationship with um, him. Live in downtown Detroit, I'm it's OPS with my main man. Somebody turn on the gas lights. I can't see. Somebody turn on the gas lights. I never had a relationship with Governor Cuomo. That sounds like uh, Clinton. Never required anybody to be into the nursing homes. Where's that camera? What you doing with the camera, hippie? There you go. That's how we're breaking in a new guy here. It's all good. It's how we do in the Motor City. Working, just working, just working. Here's what we got today. Justice for Flint. Justice for Flint. Remember the two boys that died in the house fire and the fire chief of Flint said the two responding firefighters lied about checking the house? Well, that thing's taken off. See, we blow a little oxygen on the story and then it goes to Daily Beast, it goes to CNN. Now we got a statewide investigation and a major law- lawsuit. We'll have Todd Flood on. That's the whole point of this podcast, Charlie. Do you remember I asked you early on, I said, Charlie, what do you want out of this? And you said, I want to win. And all, every now and then I said, what does a win look like? A win looks like when you bring something from under the rug under which it was swept so that a family can have justice, so that people are held accountable, so that things aren't just overlooked and ignored and then somewhere down the line duplicated. So that's why you do what you do. And see, I told remember people's like, what's the end game when like you're fucking with the media? I'm like, look, here's the end game. What's going on? You keep moving? You guys laughing. It's okay. Solo flight. They're having fun. Yeah, we're trying. All right. Okay, back to the point. Also, it's a coin flip governor's race, and we're trying to reach both candidates one day to go. We're attempting to reach out on the campaign trail with. Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer and her Republican challenger, Tudor Dixon. We'll see how that goes. We've been, we've been working on it all week. And you've been working on it longer than that, Charlie. So we'll see. Yeah, we were going to have Vice President Mike Pence on today, but our schedule's conflicted. I just, he can't make mine and I can't make his. So, you know, fair. he'll be back around. He'll, he'll be beyond the program. And, you know, the other former vice president is also welcome to be on the, on the Democratic side. Yes, that would be Joe Biden. You're welcome, Mr. President. Come on the program. <laughs> that would be great. Wouldn't it? Yeah, right. Because <laughs> you know what? Uh, if it, everything's a coin flip, you out there, you listening, will decide it. it is, I'm getting calls. It is razor thin. Turnout yes. in, Detroit, in Detroit is low. Mm, surprise. It's lower than it was in 2018's midterms. I will be there tomorrow night at Cobo Hall, TCF, Huntington Place, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> processing those absentee ballots. And I'll give you a report. Because not only do I want to work for the community, I want to work for you as a reporter and let you know how it works, what I'm seeing, right? Fair enough. And they know that's what I do, and I'll be in there. So don't attack. It's nonpartisan. We just counting votes, trying to give you the information. Okay, you guys good? We're getting there. Okay, you're just you're good. Just, I'm good. You know, I'm feeding off you. I know. When you t- yeah, here you go. <laughs> There's my energy. All okay, right. look, I am very happy to welcome aboard the No Bullshit News Hour family. XG Service Group. They specialize in business IT. Now listen here, everybody. They manage all IT services, internet and voice over IP, Wi-Fi, design and installation, security services, cameras, and access control. Can you imagine if they had called XG Service, then the Capitol Police may have been watching the Pelosi house. Right? Because XG Services doesn't get up and have a cup of coffee. You hire them for the high-level security, you're getting it. Isn't that right, Bernie? That's that's right. Bernie knows. Bernie told me everything that went wrong over there. What was supposed to work and what didn't work. That's that presidential candidate. Right. Hey, Bernie, like if it's a high-target client and you get up to take a piss, one, someone's supposed to replace you. Is this correct? He says yes. And if there's no one there to replace you, if there's any movement, your phone goes off. Is that correct? Yes. There's no real mm-hmm. explanation as to why the Capitol Police didn't know, no matter what happened. 
They specialize in digital menu boards and drive through systems. You know what that means? What is that? You know, let me get a quarter pounder and get coke with no ice. And, and you know what happens? Comes up on the tote board. They mm-hmm. can hear you. They can see you. They do that all around. So people the that are taking the orders can see you? Yeah. Security. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. That better be nice. Okay. Because, you know, if, if the thing doesn't ring when you drive over it, mm-hmm. like, they got to be able to know you're there. Wow. Plus, it's also security. Okay. I and didn't then know when that. everything goes down, they're there to get it back up, which happens in Michigan. I mean, they do racetracks, they do banks, they do fast food, they do your home, they do business. Okay. I'm really proud to have them aboard. Um, free consultation, you call Matt Yaskovitz. Yaskovitz, not Wits. Yaskovitz. Bernie, how, what's the old word pronunciation? Yaskovitz. Yaskovitz. <laughs> Just call Maddie at 734-245-4100. He's helping us get this business together because you have to grow. So call XG Service Group. And Hall Financial, as always, economy's in flux. Hi, I'm David Hall from Hall Financial. The top-rated realtors in Michigan have said that our five-star certified pre-approval is a game-changer to the home buying process. Hall Financial's focus on speed and client service allows you to take on the housing market and win. When you're ready to purchase your new home, you need to make Hall Financial your first call. The mortgage company realtors trust and buyers love. 866-CALL-HALL or chat with us at callhallfirst.com. Okay, I want to welcome in. We just got a phone call from the campaign trail. It's Tudor Dixon, the Republican nominee for governor of Michigan. Uh, Madam, how are you? What's the vibe out there? Oh, it's great. We are just leaving Adrian. It was fantastic. The feeling out on the ground is a lot of energy. Everyone is really excited. I, I don't I don't even know what to ask. You and I inextricably linked through this campaign. They really used our interview to really savage you for uh uh two two months, you know, on your your, your personal stance on abortion. So I want to ask you something else. The media. Like you, you really gotten you, you got kneecapped, right? Did, do you see equal treatment from the press corps? And did you notice Whitmer being challenged on a record about nursing homes or inflation or giveaways to billionaires? I think it was very clear to us after the debate that the press corps here in Michigan is in the bag for Gretchen Whitmer. I mean, look at what she came out and said. First of all, she comes out and says school was only closed down for three months, which is ridiculous. And they don't say anything about it. That is not even a story the next day, which should be a story because that to me is what has really fired up parents. We keep hearing that parents are outraged that she came out and lied about that, but multiple things that she said, she doesn't regret anything on, on COVID. I mean, think about that. We lost a a third of the people we lost were seniors. Now she's out there all weekend lying about what her COVID policy was. Listen, we all lived through this. We all lost loved ones that were in nursing homes. And the fact that the media hasn't said, oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. These, this is not what you did. You agreed to sending these people back into nursing homes, which was outrageous. And then today she gets asked that question finally, or, or does she have any regrets? And suddenly, mysteriously, her audio goes out and the interview's over. They don't even try to keep her on the air. So it just all seems very suspicious. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we all realize that. When I dug up the true numbers, remember, I had to sue this administration to get data that didn't exist. And we know there's at least 45% higher, 40, 45% higher of people dead in, in the facilities uh, that they were supposed to count, and there's a bunch that they didn't. No wonder nobody wants to do it, right? Because I, I have listened to your position on abortion. I heard about uh, you know your father's uh, steel fabrication plant. I haven't heard anything about special interest backing Whitmer, um, DTE, or uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield. I would you do it again? Do you think you're going to win? And if you don't win, would you do it again? I would do it again because I think that there are so many people that are so desperate to be heard. And it has been, it has been a real 
labor of love to get the people's voices out there. And honestly, we were just talking about the amount of people that have come up to me and burst into tears over the state of what has happened in Michigan is really quite shocking compared to other states. But it is because they get away with so much here. And this is a battle worth fighting for the people of Michigan. You talk about those things, but what about just looking at her true record of opportunity to help people in the state of Michigan? You look at her vetoes alone, vetoing funding for autism because she didn't get her gas tax. That's just twisted. But also her her vetoes of the personal income tax twice, she was given an opportunity to reduce that income tax for people. Twice she vetoed it. She was given the opportunity for child tax credits. She vetoed that. Nobody goes to her and says, what are you doing? Everybody wants a child tax credit right now. We're desperate. You vetoed this? What about the gas tax holiday? The media doesn't even question the fact that she says, oh, it wouldn't have happened in the timing that I want. What are you talking about? We're going into a recession right now. We have the highest inflation we've seen in decades. And she's deciding whether or not the people of Michigan should get money back, even though all of their representatives in the state are saying, we absolutely can do this and we should. No one is hitting her on these vetoes. And then even if you talk about what she's doing for families, she claims to be the governor for families, but she's vetoing money for schooling. She's vetoing money for um, summer school. She's vetoing funding for women who need safe housing that are pregnant. I mean, these are twisted vetoes. And nobody comes out and says, this is pretty sick that you're taking these money, this money away from these programs. Why are you doing this? No one questions that, but they should. And that's what we've been talking about on the trail. And the fact is that the people of Michigan know that she's done this. That's the interesting part. Even though the media is holding her water, the people of Michigan are going, gosh, we'd rather have somebody that's going to work for us and help us. Ms. Dixon, Karen Dumas here. I want to ask you, uh, have you or are you endorsing DePerno or Caramo? We see the Democrats kind of running in a pack, um, not heard or seen your position on either of those candidates. And if so or not, is that by design? Well, we came out and endorsed both of them right after the primary. So there are already endorsement letters on both candidates. And we have been out there campaigning together. We want to win as a team. And I think it's important. Um, let me ask you this, uh, in terms of the Republican party, look, they, they shafted you. They really did. They let you sit there with no money for a couple of months. I'm being told by operatives, why didn't you all push harder on the nursing homes? And they told me, quote, it didn't poll well. I mean, do you, be honest, does that anger you a little bit? You were kind of left to your own until they found out that you could fly. Um, I, it, angers me that they didn't do more on the issues from the standpoint of when you talk about um, nursing homes. That is, I mean, because you know that my grandmother was in a nursing home and we dealt with that myself. But, um, you know, we knew from this this campaign that we were going to be pushing hard to make sure that we had support across the state, that we were finding that support. And I knew that I would have to prove myself because I'm coming from a place of not being in the political world. And you know, I think that was part of my journey, and I, I I look back at it, and I know I learned a lot from that, and I think it was good for me as a candidate. Ms. Dixon, I want to ask you about coming back on the show. I mean, certainly the, the your initial appearance here turned out to be a little tumultuous, I guess, if you will, for lack of a better word. That's a good word. And, and, and yet, and still, you have graciously agreed to come back on, on the show. Tell me why. Because I, I, I know that your viewers are wanting to hear from both candidates, and I want to get our message out. I appreciate the fact that there are people out there that are willing to talk to both candidates, and I want to make sure that I take the opportunity to talk to folks about my plan and be able to explain that I really want to focus on bringing back education in the state of Michigan, and people should be upset right now that Michigan isn't the bottom 10 in the nation. And how many places will they get to hear the true facts? And I know you'll let me speak on the true facts. The true facts are that Michigan is in the bottom 10 in the nation. We just had a nearly 60% That's true. failure rate of our third grade. Affairs. That's true. We, Go ahead. I will, I, will fact, me? I will fact check. You list them <laughs> and I'll tell you the, the viewers if it's true or false. So far, true, true. Go ahead. Well, we also know that we see four of the most dangerous of the 20 most dangerous cities in America. We want to make sure that true. Michigan isn't suffering with dangerous cities anymore. We want to make sure that we're supporting our police officers, not signing a bill in the last few weeks of a 
term, we are supporting them all across the whole four years. And also, when I cross the state, the amount of businesses that tell me under this administration, it has been so challenging just to get through the red tape, just to deal with Lansing. Lansing, you've only got about 10% of state government actually in the office. It's slowing down everything and it's completely hindering economic development. Lansing, I want people to be Lansing able to hear the truth is a cesspool. Lansing's a cesspool. And now you want to you go swim around in that slime. I have to give you credit for stepping out there, putting your personal life out there. I mean, I wish more people would do it, but I know why they don't. I mean, it's not easy. It's not, it, it certainly has been challenging for the family, especially the, my four girls and, and my husband. You know, they get threats. Uh, quite a bit. They find my husband's cell phone and they send in some pretty nasty messages. So I can see why people don't want to. But really, if you look at the way the country is built, it shouldn't be career politicians. It should be people stepping out of the private sector. So there is an understanding of what people in the private sector deal with and how government can help instead of hinder. Well, um, I know you got to go. It's a, a really packed schedule. I, I wish you well. And again, I want to thank you for coming on again. You remember last time, there's no bullshit on this program. You answer it. You're asked simple, pointed questions. You did, and you came back, and I give you a lot of credit for that. And I encourage- now, if you win, we also need you to come back. Oh, right, right. <laughs> and I want to encourage everybody in Michigan to vote and vote I want, often. I want, another, I want to have another Tony the next time. So next time we go out to eat again. Yeah, people are like, why didn't she eat it? I go, she did in commercial break. It wouldn't have been a good look for her to eat while she's talking. That would have not looked good, no. All right, madam, good luck, and, and thank you very much for the time. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks. you got to applaud, Charlie, the fact that she came on the first time, and she came back, and you know, despite everything that happened as a result of her first interview. I mean, as a person <laughs> who chooses to be in the public eye, you've got to take the good, the bad, um, and, and, and the hits. So, I mean, that speaks to me of, of, of a strength that I'd like to see in more elected officials. And wasn't, yes. And wasn't that amazing? Like, it's gotta be, I don't have the latest numbers, but it's probably pers the personal campaigns, outside money, dark money, you know, mm -hmm. uh, party money. She's been outspent. Dixon has been outspent eight to one. At least eight to one, being bombarded with our interview, <laughs> and and this thing's a coin flip right now. But what what does this say, Charlie? You can't buy, buy respect. Respect. You have to earn it, and it has to. And people get caught up in thinking that because people spend more money on commercials, I mean, don't trivialize your intellect or your vote by just going with the flow in terms of name recognition and, and frequency of commercials. Take the time to see what it is that you're listening to. Who are you watching? What do you want? I mean, and, and as I hear a lot of people say, not just for governor, but for other positions too, we've seen what the person that was the incumbent has done. Eh, maybe we want to try something different. She come on this program and got blasted for her appearance. Do you notice that her opponent over four years, won't answer a single question. Even after you gave her content for one of her best commercials. <laughs> well, we've invited her to come on. We've invited Governor Gretchen Whitmer to come on. And we'll bring you that right after this commercial break. American Coney Island. So good, even Al Roker from the Today Show eats here. Not like that other guy, Al Joker, who eats at Lafayette. So make sure you're a Roker and not a Joker. American Coney Island. Made it. Remember, go to uh, AmericanConeyIsland.com, uh, order a Coney kit. <clears throat> dozen dogs all the fixings get it in now get your order in now because it really starts to skyrocket over the holiday time and also before we take this next call i want to remind you that uh, when you watch tv and you're bombarded with insurance ads promising to save you money but if you really want to save money and not just 
watch the advertisements, you need to call Legacy Partners Insurance. Been telling you, my house, my car, my lake shack, all of it covered, less money, more coverage. Lake shack? Lake, it's a lake shack. Okay. It's, 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 it's you know, well water and, mm -hmm. and an outhouse. Okay. It's beautiful though. Okay, listen. Legacy Insurance, they're independent, so they shop between seven and 10 carriers for your insurance to find you the best deal. And when you get their quote, you'll, you'll be mad. You didn't listen to LaDuff. LaDuff was saving money, and you are not. Okay, here's what I need you to do. Call 586-209-4106. 586-209-4106. And I decide I'm doing this. What? Call up. The first caller, you will not be told you're the first caller. You will not be told till Thursday who was the first caller. Call 586-209-4106, Legacy Partners. Tell them LaDuff sent you. First caller, whether you do it or not, that's why I'm not telling you if you're the first caller till Thursday. Thursday. First caller gets 50 bucks out of my pocket. You call him 50 bucks. We're Cash. not registering or for a raffle to win 50 bucks. Cash, Charlie, or Ca gift card. Uh, yeah, you, you, you go, come, come on down here, have a dog. I'll give you the 50 bucks. Okay. And then you can pay for the dog. All right? One more time. 586-209-4106. Legacy Partners. How about that, Bernie, huh? See the, see the kind of service and respect? You know, anybody like respecting us and helping us keep this show going? How's it going over there, boys? Just wonderful. Excellent. All right. Mark's uh, in a good mood today. We got it. We we we, we got. Uh, I fooled we got someone. Some, we got somebody on the phone. Uh, yeah. Hold on a second. Okay, I'm taking it. Governor Whitmer. Hello, Governor. Are you there? Hold on. Well, must allow. Let's try that again. Hold on a second. Okay, here we go. Hello, Governor. Why do I even try, Karen? <laughs> because you have to, Charlie, and you keep hoping that under some circumstances you'll change your mind. I also uh, put a call into Attorney General Dana Nessel, mm -hmm. inviting her to be on today, and I actually got a, I got a reply. What time? And I told him what time. And that was it. They don't know what time it is. There's no bullshit. I don't care, you guys. It ain't disrespecting me. Maybe they didn't change their clocks back, so maybe they're off. Yeah, maybe they. Yeah, that's true. Could be. That's true. So here's in lieu. I thought that might happen. So it's the oldest trick in politics. Mm -hmm. You go searching for the friendly interview. It's like again, you're the incumbent. Michigan has never, in modern history, voted out a one-term incumbent. Like, you're the governor for the first four years. It's never happened in modern era in Michigan that the governor gets drummed. Mm -hmm. And this thing's a coin flip. Yeah, it is. But Spending $80 million. But that speaks a lot about people's level of, I don't even want to say dissatisfaction, just disappointment. I think dissatisfaction's a good word. Well, it could be. Apathy. I, I don't yeah. think they're realizing how disaffected people were. And as uh, Ms. Dixon rightly said, we gave you a term. I voted for it. We gave you a term. How did you handle it? How did you handle the budgets? How did you handle the emergencies, the schools? And, and, and now she's out there looking for friendly interviews and gaslighting the public. What, what do you mean the kids were only out of school for three months? I know. But if nobody challenges her on it and people don't remember, then that becomes the factual answer. Well, yeah. And, you know, and, and the media follows because here's what happens. Well, yes, technically, the governor only threw you out of school for three months with her emergency order until the Supreme Court said your emergency orders are unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. But then her health department comes back and shuts the high schools down for another month. So that's actually four. Mm -hmm. And once you got your powers back, you had to deal with the legislature and you came up with a solution, a compromise, which is we'll leave it to the school districts. Now, the state... Health and Human Services Department giving their, what what was that thing? Their, like the CDC gave us, these, these are our recommendations. Guidelines. 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 How can I forget guidelines? Remember the guidelines? <laughs> yeah, they changed all the time. Guidelines. They did. And your guidelines from your Health and Human Services Department said keep them shut down. 
And Charlie, remember too, as the numbers kept going up and down, schools were, they kept shifting from in-person to remote to hybrid. I mean, it left everybody very confused. The governor, governor never came out and said, I think the kids should be returned to school until March, March of 2021. And many schools were out mm-hmm. till this year. That's true. With, with no, no guidance from, you know, our, our, our supreme leader. Everybody was left to figure it out for themselves. So, you know, like you're parsing and you're bullshitting and trying technicalities like we forgot. That's not good enough. So that's why you search for friendly interviews. Now, this one, I cannot blame an anchor, man. This one is Fox 2. So this is fair use because we're commenting on the interview and we're changing it. I cannot blame Root Ross because he's the anchor man. Mm-hmm. He's busy reading all the news from all week. Every murder, every puppy, every lion's practice, that's what he's got to do. So he doesn't have a real deep handle like somebody like I would. You remember I had to sue the state to get data that did not exist. So she's looking for that and limit it to 16 minutes, right? Okay, so this is the best we got. So I'm going to give Rupe the credit here, mm-hmm. getting the get and asking the questions, but the devil's always in the follow-up. It's the more you burrow down. So wh- why don't we unrehearse? Why don't we just take this a little bit by bit? When I tell you, pause. I can do that. Okay, brother. Do you regret the decisions you made when it comes to nursing homes and COVID? So I think it's important to correct the record. The My opponent continues to tell people that nursing homes are forced to take COVID patients. Pause. They were not. They- it wasn't her opponent that continued to tell people that nursing homes were required to take infected people. That was me. Mm-hmm. That was me in my column. That's us on this program. So tell the truth, madam. It's me and you. Uh, are you there? <laughs> Hello? But she didn't answer the question. Rupe she asked, didn't answer the phone. Rupe <laughs> asked her, did she regret? So that, in my opinion, would have been an opportunity for her to reassess maybe what she did and what she didn't do and what she would do differently in hindsight. Well, let's see what she said okay. she did or did not do. Okay. Ever were. There's been audited many times, including by Can the you Republican appointment. I, I stepped on her answer. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, let's see here. Take COVID patients. They were not, they never were. There's she been said audited what? many times. Incl- right, rewind a little bit more. Let's make, let's make this real clear. This, this and- is gaslighting. Let's yeah. go ahead. Good. So I think it's important to correct the record. The My opponent continues to tell people that nursing homes were forced to take COVID patients. They were not. They never were. Pause. There's- okay. I'm going to quote, madam, and any undecideds out there, if this matters to you. Executive Order 2020-50 from April 15th, 2020. And I quote, paragraph three, a nursing home with a census below 80%. Meaning, you know, four out of five beds are full. And there's one mm-hmm. out of five that isn't, which was nearly all of them. 450 of these things. And only the nursing homes, because there's something called long-term care facility, mm-hmm. but just federally licensed nursing home. A nursing home with a census below 80% must create a unit dedicated to the care of COVID-19 affected residents. A nursing home provider that operates multiple facilities may create a dedicated unit by dedicating an entire facility for such a purpose. This is executive order, law of the land. And I've asked you, that's the law. Where's the document countermanding the supreme law of the land? Where is it? It never happened because I've been in the nursing homes and they did and they were required. One more little detail you remember the hubs, mm-hmm. the hubs. Let me see if I got anything on the hubs. If the long-term care facility, which is a nursing home, home for the age, foster care, assisted living, all of them that she said had to report, which they never did. If the long-term care facility does not have a dedicated unit, unit it must transfer the COVID-affected resident to a regional hub one of the 21 that quote unquote volunteered, but it's now required that the hubs take it. You heard it, right? Got it. Okay. 
if one is available to accept the resident. If no regional hub is available to accept the transfer of the affected resident, the long-term care facility must attempt to send the resident to the hospital. If the hospital cannot admit the COVID-19 affected resident, the long-term care facility must transfer the resident to an alternate care facility. Okay? What is an alternate care facility? That includes, but is not limited to, the TCF Regional Care Center, the field hospital that we never used. So you did require it. You did do it. You did send them to the hubs. You closed Cobo Hall TCF. And we know thousands died that were not counted. We know this. This is factual, not this garbage. That's why you're not coming on. That's why you're not coming on. Go ahead. That nursing homes were forced to take COVID patients. They were not. They never were. There's been audited many times, including by the Republican-appointed Office of Attorney. Pause. The Republican Auditor General audited the nursing home count. Mm -hmm. What he found was the the death rate was 42% higher than you were saying that you were sandbagging us, you weren't paying attention, you weren't monitoring. In fact, these hubs, these hubs, half of them flunked their infection inspections during COVID. You did nothing. No, the auditor general that your people attacked, butchered, called the media. The media reported on this report three days before they ever saw the report and said, it's a lie. It's political. The, the, uh, Software system, they're using to track this. What's the address of where you lived if you died of COVID? That it's not reliable. But this very same software system, remember when they were tracking clusters Mm -hmm. in the Michigan State Bar and the kids in Gross Point went to a uh, graduation party, right? Not to mention her going to Land Shark and all that. Remember? Yeah. They're putting that out on the news. It's good enough to track, you know, who's humping who at college, but you can't, it doesn't count. Your, your your address where you lived before you died? That's bullshit. You, you, you smeared the man. Now you're just, I'm looking at this picture and I'm getting really pissed off. This ruined everything, this COVID thing. Say, I bet you there's more here. I, I will, I will, unless you want to. I just wonder, I just want to remind everybody that this conversation is about facts. I don't want, you know, people always say, oh, you just don't like somebody or you're, this isn't about endorsing. This isn't about undermining. This is about putting the facts on the table for you to be able to decide. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. So it's not personal. It's not an attack. Is that voters should have information in front of them to make an educated and informed decision. It should not be emotional. It shouldn't be personal. And that's not what this is. This is this is factual information. And let me give this to our, our friends, you know, like left of the aisle, liberal, Democrat, whatever you want to call it, or, you know, independent. When Tudor Dixon came on here, it was pointed, right? No holds barred, nothing prepared. No regular, regular speak. And this camp decides they're going to use it. All of a sudden, all of a sudden we're on the right side together, according to them, right? Or the left side, whatever. She could have come on and told you, thank you, Charlie. I mean, my, my God, I've never, I'm going to, I get to write the book in the end. In the end, when it's all said and done, I'm writing the book, right? Nobody else is. I'm going to write, it's going to be interesting. And that was the scummiest political move I've ever seen. I'm not saying don't vote for it. I voted for it before. Y'all know that. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, stop this. This is what we hate about politics. What would you, what do you, what would you like for her to say? And I'm only asking that because critics say, oh, well, this is a first time, you know, that we've ever been through a pandemic. Nobody knew what to do. Mm. Just out, out of, out of fairness, what do you expect or should you expect from her 
at this point, I would just say honesty, just mm-hmm. to say, hey, you know, this is what we did. Uh, but as group asked her, you know, do you regret? Maybe regret's not the right word, but what would you do differently? What? How would you assess yourself? But what would you like to hear from her under the, the truth, circumstances? Because I know this with this 85, 80, 75 million dollars being spent mm-hmm. that you got a bunch of operatives on social media dropping horse shit. Right? Like the governor acknowledged the undercount. No, never did. Never did. In fact, you took your hitman in high heels, the director of health and human services, to sit in front of the uh, House Oversight Committee mm-hmm. and bullshit this report. You never admit. She never did. And Who, who and, left? And, and by the way, folks, remember, I was in the jails. Google it. I was in the squad cars. I was in the hospitals. I was in the nursing homes. I mean, in them. You were in the morgue. So I could see in the morgue, in the crematorium, and everywhere else we needed to go. Because, you know, frankly, no hero thing here. Um, somebody had to do it. If you're going to get sick and die, like, you know, I, I sequestered myself. My wife was not happy. But sometimes you got to do the work. It was essential. This is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Let's play Office of Attorney of uh, Auditor General, that the stakeholder group, AARP, so many different organizations have weighed in to clear up the record. Mm-hmm. But I know that my opponent knows that this gets people unhappy and distracts them from her dangerous Distract. plans, and that's why she continues to promulgate this. But there were, there, were, there were patients that were released into nursing homes. There were nursing forced. homes that took some of the residents back. That was not mandated by the state. Huh? If that was the case, there were strict... Uh, regulations to try to separate and keep them from infecting other nursing homes. Pause. Uh, Wait. I just told you about the hubs. First of all, that's not even true. Right? You had to take them. Strict protocols. The hubs, half of them flunked. Anybody watching this show over this time knows they flunked. Here we go. Here are those inspections. (laughs) Here are those inspections. Mania. Okay. Hmm. Advantage Living Center Northwest. Inspection, July 28th, 2020. The observation unit was on the third floor. 12 confirmed cases of COVID-19 patients were cohorted together and placed throughout the facility. None were placed on the COVID observation unit. The double doors the staff member referred to were wide open. Staff were observed walking on and off the wing. The resident's room was located approximately two feet from the open double doors. The resident also observed walking off the observation unit. The resident took items off the meal cart, proceeded to continue passing meals from the cart to other residents that did not reside in the observation unit. That's just one. Yeah, one that you just strict pulled out, protocol. That you just pulled out of your bag randomly. Yeah, you know. No, I'm serious. You drowned it's amazing. in amazing because no, no. I cared. It, remember, it's not politics; it's people. But remember, we talked to the young guy that worked in the nursing homes, and he talked about how there was no separation; there was a mingling or co-mingling, if you will, of both the infected and non-infected residents. Um, and he talked about a plastic sheet, just you know, the whole haphazard attempt to, I guess, try to quarantine. But we actually talked to, and I don't remember his name, but we talked to him a couple times. Yeah, the porter they fired before his 90 days were up so they wouldn't have to give him a raise and some benefits. Yep. Fucking hero. Uh, I could go on. They lost people. Uh, they They had no personal protection stuff. They didn't don proper PPE treating residents in isolation or perform hand hygiene. This was your hub. Who you talking to? Like washing their hands. Let's play again. Let's play some more. I'm liking this. Keep them from infecting other nursing home uh, residents, but that was never something that was required by the state. But that didn't work necessarily. Is there, do you think there should have been a better plan, perhaps even from the state, to figure out a way to make things work better so that people didn't die? I think as you look at studies, our policies saved thousands of lives. Pause. And as soon- 
There was a study commissioned by the governor herself about the pause to save lives in the late winter and early winter of 20 to 21. Okay. It compared our cases to everybody around us in the Midwest, like Wisconsin, Ohio, Indiana. Yeah, we had less cases. Pause to save lives. We totally shut down. They did not, varying degrees, but we had the biggest, we have bigger lockdowns than California. So we had less cases. So what this study that she commissioned said was because we had less cases and you multiply that by the death rate, right? Then we would naturally assume we had less deaths because mm -hmm. we had less cases. But if you actually look at that report, it never counted deaths. And if you look at the death per capita, right? Some mm -hmm. states are bigger than others. During our complete shutdown in the winter, we had the highest death per capita in the Midwest, but your report never says it. In fact, throughout the whole pandemic, we have the highest death rate in the Midwest. We live on a frozen peninsula surrounded by water. Could it be? Could it be that these nursing homes and these assisted living facilities might be the culprit that we never counted? That she now says, you know, the auditor backs her up. He doesn't back you up at all. You smeared him. And it's a lie. Go ahead. Get studies. Our policies saved thousands of lives. And as soon as vaccines were available, I deployed the Michigan National Guard to make vaccines uh, to help vaccinate our nursing home residents. Pause. And after that happened. It's well known that when we were determining who was, look it up, who was to get the vaccines first, it was floated that it would be nurses and stuff, mm -hmm. right? The, sec the, the second tier was going to be the nursing home residents. Remember? Does everybody remember? Yeah, we remember. And that caused such a shitstorm. So let's go on. Home residents. And after that happened, we saw nursing home cases plummet. So you never counted them. We saved thousands of lives with our policies. You come out here. Hello. Ben Governor, and she was spreading conspiracy theories saying that vaccines Hello. are the mark of the beast. She said that they had trackers in them. I and mean, this is the kind of conspiracy stuff that we're hearing from this person who wants to be governor of the state. If she'd been governor during COVID, thousands more Michiganers would have died. Really? When you take a look at the, the governors across the, the states that you talked to, you said you always were in touch with these governors. You would chat with them and ask them questions. Did you happen to talk to other governors about the nursing home situation? And did you talk to Cuomo about it at any point? I never talked. I mean, I, I don't, didn't have a relationship with um, him, but I did have a very good working relationship oh. with Mike DeWine, my oh, counterpart in Ohio. Pause, and Eric Holcomb. I didn't have a relationship with Andrew Cuomo of New York who got run out on his ass, really, for lying about the nursing homes, faking like he was some kind of hero. And everything Cuomo did, we did two days to two weeks later, except when Cuomo was getting caught out on the nursing home deaths and faking it, he stopped the commingling practice, and days later, she doubled down on it. I'll tell you this. Y'all remember the election... And the DOJ, the, the, the Congress people were trying to subpoena our long-term care facility records that we didn't have. Okay. You guys remember the Governor Cuomo and Governor Gretchen Whitmer joint press release calling for congressional oversight investigation into Trump administration's response and the politicization of it. I'll quote from the, the back of this press release. As a country, we cannot allow this type of politically motivated decision-making to take root. Logic dictates that COVID won't be the last public health challenge. That's true. We will face, and we can't afford to again respond by playing politics. Hmm. A joint press conference. I, 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 whenever you put something out in my name, I agree to it. Somebody in my administration, me, is talking to somebody in that administration. Come on. That's the fact, madam. Fact. You come with me, I ain't reading off a phone. Right here. That's you. Play. 
Eric Holcomb from Indiana, both Republican. My counterparts in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois, and Kentucky. This was the group that we were regularly helping one another and navigating and made very similar similar decisions That's as we were true. trying to navigate our states through COVID and save lives. Yeah. They were open. States were open. So uh, does this answer your question? Look, mm-hmm. like don't lie about what happened. We're not stupid. And and as this joint release with Cuomo says, it'll happen again. We got to do something. But also, I want to point this out too. You're going through this simply because she's never agreed to come on the show so you can have a conversation with her one-on-one. So you have to extract the information from somebody else's interview and do your own fact-checking because you've not had the opportunity to talk to her one-on-one. That's how I would have talked. Like, don't, don't try that. Yeah, I'm just, I'm saying, you know, so when people say, well, why is he going through that interview? Because you can't get one on your own. They won't give you one. And oh. so you have to take this information and, okay, let's let's see where it, how, how that stacks up to the information that you have done research on and, and know to be different than what she's saying. Who do we, we have on this program? Remember one of the muckety mucks at the field hospital going, what a waste? Mm-hmm. What, what a, just a colossal waste, and it was really about who's going to have to pick up the bill to right. do this. And by the way, the thing is, you knew. I know, I know you knew because I was telling you when it was going down. I was telling you there was no PPE in the jails. I told mm-hmm. you the two big doctors at the jail died, and nobody knew it. You know, the deputy sheriff, the head of maximum uh, security mm-hmm. there, died. Right? The, the ranking corporal died that's true nothing and then finally much later there's some dental masks and Nestle's putting out a press release like she did something this was your job you're the chief law enforcement officer. it was it was a mess remember when i wrote they were putting people on buses sending them home mm-hmm. i remember that Damn. we were the last state in the union three of them that until Ju- we didn't even report a single death in any facility till june not just nursing homes, right? Those old people apartments and everything that by her pen were required. We never counted them. They had some data. You know what they told us? They erased it. We went over to a new system and it didn't carry didn't over. Transfer. You, you, that was by your pen. So vote as you wish. Those are the facts. No way. No way. Now, I want to welcome in. Todd Flood. Y'all remember Todd Flood. Todd was the chief. His name says Mike Pence under it. It's Mike Pence. <laughs> what a hero. Just, just take the slide off. We, we know who it is. Yeah. Okay. No, sure. there's the new one. Good good job, guys. No, good job. That's a good job. Look at that. Excellent. <laughs> Todd Flood was the special prosecutor in charge of Flint, he was coming up with a big racketeering case. He was coming up with um, uh, involuntary manslaughter charges. It, like it, it was laid out, and then and this is for the Flint water. Issue. Yes, okay. thank you. And in a world one of politics, Dana Nessel, you know, takes him out, and then she blows the case, and there's no justice for Flint. But Todd mm-hmm. is like a cockroach. You cannot get rid of Todd Flood. Todd Flood. He's been elevated. Is. <laughs> Back in Flint. Welcome on, Todd. Tell us tell us what you're doing back in Flint. And get that thing off his face. You can just remove the slide. Well, thank face. you, Charlie. Thank you. I think I'd rather just have Karen. Charlie. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah. let her. No, that's, that, that'll work. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. Yeah. No, no, no. So, uh, actually, I'm just fighting the fights. We're going at it. Tell us what the new case is. This is something dear to us, something that we reported on. And I, I couldn't believe last week I heard you're now in it. What's going on in Flint? It's tragic. It's ugly. Uh, it should have never happened. Tell it what it is. I, to, I, I didn't set it up. What, what, two children. Start well, from there. Yeah, I was, I was getting there. I was getting there, Charlie. Oh, well, I'm going to uh, help two you. Two children. Todd. Nine and 12. Thank you. Nine and 12. Lamar, a nine-year-old, and Zaire, a 12-year-old. Uh, died in a house fire on May 28th of this year. Uh, There was a fire in Flint, and these two uh, children were at home upstairs in the second floor in their room, and I've been in the house. It's a relatively small house. The room is uh, small. Um, 
so two firefighters come they say all clear they call off a search saying they searched the house uh they said they checked the windows they couldn't open windows because they were too hot um uh, on the second floor when you look at the fire and you look at the remnants of the fire it was on the on the uh north side of the house and it was at a electric outlet and it had this going up to the side it was contained within the home and the smoke and the the, the carbon monoxide was going to the second second level so anyway they never searched the house they never went up into that room it's impossible it was completely impossible ultimately what happens is the lies come out uh, and are clearly shown because two other officers two other firefighters go up and find Lamar and Zaire in their room one right at their door the other in the bed and the windows were clearly easily opened they weren't seized because of the heat so the sadness of this is is these two boys live they they come out of the home they live for two days um a tragic tragic situation where uh they die on the second day from the pain and suffering of the carbon monoxide poisoning uh and the pain for which they had to suffer um it it's a question of whether nine minutes or whether or not there were 17 minutes. It doesn't um, really matter, Todd, right? The the fire ch chief's investigation finds, and these, you know, these are the findings, official document, that they lied. Right. He recommends that right. they be fired. One is allowed, right. one, a union representative is allowed to resign, and he's working in a, at another jurisdiction now. And the other firefighter, is still on the job the mayor or somebody in his office overrode the decision of the chief correct that's correct so the department head would be the fire chief and the fire chief you're exactly right made that recommendation that they both be terminated somehow that's overturned and the, the fact of the matter is one's allowed to retire and go into a different jurisdiction and the other is still on the job so yeah. how that happens, I don't know, but that's really not my job. My job is to um, get justice for this family. And, and this is one where it should be a national case because you can't be a public servant and have this kind of willful disregard and not have it show up for everyone to learn from and that this can't, this can't happen. Uh, everybody I know wearing the badge is mortified. I want to ask you, how did you find out about the case? You're busy with a lot of other big cases. How did you hear about this? So I was uh, called in um, by Robert Kenner and uh, uh, Art, another friend, and Pastor o uh, Overton uh, from Flint. Um, and they interviewed me, um, asked if I would come on to represent them uh, or help represent the family. And when I heard the facts and the circumstances, and uh, I, I must tell you, Pastor Overton is a hero of mine, a good friend, someone I truly look up to. Uh, when I was in Flint, he was uh, he always opened his home to me and, and shared everything with me. So uh, I said, absolutely. For this, there's no question I will fight for this one. We take a little pride here because this is uh, something that's being swept under the rugs. It's the political season. We know about it. We look right. into it. We breathe a little oxygen, and it starts to go. And it's surprising me. It culminates with you coming back, and it's like a full circle. Right, right, right. Well, I, uh, you know, Charlie, you've you and I have spent a lot of time in Flint, and, and I, I came very close to my friends up there. I, I buried a friend that died of Legionella. I, uh, I, I lived there for three years and that was uh that was my life to bring justice to the city of flint to go back there and help i will and, and i can say this and i want to tell you this from the you know i should have said this from the outset i have the utmost respect for david layton and i know he his job is to look into the criminal aspect of this case there's no one better in the state of michigan in my mind than um 
David Layton and, and, and Karen uh, Hansen, that they are, and that team, they're overwhelmed with the work they have and the amount of crime uh, and prosecution and the cases and the backlog, but they do it. And um, so that's that's the criminal side. I'm on the yeah, civil side. You no, know, but they, they weren't doing it. And like, you know, we're trying to be part of a community. This is something we want done. Right, Karen? Yeah. And, you know, Todd, you were there for the, the water injustice uh, against the people in murder. Flint. Mar- and, water murder. And that's, you're pretty, you're right. And now this, I mean, what does that say about, I guess, just Flint? I mean, we certainly understand the people in, in Flint. They're, they're good people. They deserve better. Why do they keep getting dealt such a dirty hand? Yeah, I don't think Flint's immune from the corruption. I think it happens in every city. It just so happens in this particular situation, um, the death, uh, this ugliness of this is one, you know, candidly, when you think about this, Karen, this should be just as potent as the case on the west side of the state, right? Right. If, if two black children... Uh, uh, let's switch it and let's switch it to Birmingham, Michigan, right? Let's make it two white children in the city of Birmingham and the second floor story of, of the house. Do you think it would go unsearched? And do you think it would be, um, you know, for the fire department somehow, some way that this report is lost for what, five months or so and didn't come to light? I just don't, I don't see that happening. So the duplicity in this world, Flint, to me, deserves our attention to make sure they get a fair shake on every level. And it's sad, it's tiring, it's sickening. For me to be able to go back and jump in the horns, I, I, um, I'm honored and humbled, but it shouldn't happen. And, and it, it, to your question, the, the, the question is bigger than the answer. Why? Why is this happening? And is it because it's tolerated? I can I can promise you this. David Layton wasn't given this report. I, we're not talking about just, David Layton. I don't know why you keep talking about yeah, David I Layton. I, here's what I want to do. Well, here's I what, just the, the criminal side. Of here's it, what's it, going it, on in Flint. You're going to conflate the two. No, we, we're not complaining anything. We know this about Flint. No, no, conflate. That's what I said. Right. We know this about Flint. We got issues with the the bids on uh, trash hauling uh, the pipes still haven't been fully replaced on the automobile purchases for the city we know that half of the 911 calls were shit can canceled canceled we know it's an election season we know two dead children are laying upstairs and nobody wants to tell the public about it we know what's going on in flint and we want Flint to know that we love them, we care about them, that, you know, top, top blood's that's, back, right on. Now, right. I want to say right. this. When we did that program a few weeks ago, also on the program was Lieutenant um, Maurice Funches from the Detroit Fire Department, who the city took his house, gave the house back, wanted to take it back because of taxes. He, He's a hero. He's a real hero. The house collapses on him. He's got to go off. He doesn't have money. He loses his house. We tried to raise money. Update with the Lieutenant Karen, please. Right. Uh, it looks like things are looking up. So certainly appreciate all the support that everybody's well, well, what do you giving. Mean things are looking I'm going to tell you, but I'm saying we want to thank everybody for their support to make it up, Charlie, that yeah, he no, is moving you're like, into. You're like Flood. Everybody let me preamble that he, of it. Well, I'm like Tony Sopranos. But we have, to Skip expl- the we have to explain that they are expecting <laughs> to move into a home, uh, hopefully within the next week or so. They're going to move into a home. Into a house, right. They, so They raise enough money. And earned enough money. So thank you for everybody for their support. You and everybody out there. Yeah, every, I said everybody. and But you. Okay. Well, Bernie. Everybody, Charlie. That's the whole point of us being us. We're supposed to, to help each other. And continue to keep him and his family in your prayers and, and their best wishes. Support isn't, support isn't always monetary. You have to wish and want the best for others. Yeah, and hope ain't enough. You know what I mean? I Tell the truth and do your damn job. Very important election tomorrow. And let Todd do his job. That would have changed been differently had the water issue been allowed to to continue. I mean, so you can't 
confine people and to try to change the outcome because you don't particularly care for or empathize with the people that it may impact. Oh, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to ask this time. I'm going to say goodbye. But I don't think Flint has enough money in the bank to settle this thing. Well, they have insurance, Charlie, and that's what uh, that's what's going to bring some mercy. It's not it's hollow justice, right? What you, you can't give money and, and expect that to be justice for Zaire and and Lamar. It'll be some monicum of mercy that we can give to the family to, you know, that's about it. That's all you can say it is. But there's no dollar amount. There isn't, this is the largest case, one of the largest cases around. And uh, no no dollar amount is going to bring justice to this case. Right so, now, uh, Karen, always a pleasure. Really, Todd? Thanks, Todd. Keep, keep us, keep us apprised of what's going on. All right. Thank God bless you. you, Karen. Really, you too, Bernie, and all you out there. And you too, Charlie, because you brought this back to where it de deserved to be, and that's in the forefront, so that it can be resolved as much as reality will allow it to be under these circumstances. And remember, you can register to vote tomorrow at the polls. And if you don't feel like it, remember, in Michigan, if you register to vote, you tend to live forever. Peace! <laughs>